0: The Flight Deck is made possible by the generous donors supporting the Museum of Flight. You can support this podcast and the Museum of Flight's other initiatives across the United States and the world by visiting museumofflight.org podcast. Hello and welcome to the Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. I am your host, Sean Mobley. This episode is another installment in our Personal Courage series, honoring individuals who serve their country in times of war or other conflict. And today is a very special episode indeed. One of the first episodes we aired was about the WASP program. If you haven't listened to it yet, I would recommend going back, it's one of the first and just giving it a listen so that you get a bit of context for today's episode. Anyway, as I worked on that episode, I found out that a veteran wasp was living just an hour away from the museum, perhaps the only one living in the whole state of Washington. So I had to go talk to her. Her name is Betty Dibro, 96 years old, and she trained and flew with the wasp for a year during World War II. Now to interview her, I enlisted some help. Amelia's Aero Club is an education program at the Museum of Flight that fosters a positive environment for middle school girls with an interest in STEAM and aviation careers. I challenged two of the girls, Catherine and Nettie, middle schoolers who dream of becoming leaders in aviation and engineering, to come up with questions and to interview Betty on their own. That said, you might hear me in the background in a few places because Betty did have trouble hearing a couple of the questions, so they asked me to jump in three times just to clarify things, but this interview was theirs, and I am honored now to share with you a discussion between Catherine, Nithi, and Betty Divro, a woman who flew for the military in World War II. I'm Catherine, and I'm Nithi
1: from
2: the... Emilio Aerospace Club and the Museum of Flight. Today we have Betty here, and we're going to be asking her a few questions. So to start, where did you grow up?
3: In Indiana, on a farm, way out in the country.
1: What inspired you to become a pilot?
3: Um, Amelia Earhart was uh, great at that time, and uh, I admired what she did.
2: Do you have any other family that was in aviation or that flew that inspired you?
3: No, nobody in flying. I had a brother that was in the Navy during the war.
2: What do you remember about your first
1: flight?
3: My brother-in-law had given me a a plane ride for a gift for my birthday. So I went up, that was 12. And that sort of spurred me on, you know, my interest to um, pursue the, the flying.
2: Where were you when Pearl Harbor was attacked?
3: I was in school, first year of college.
2: How did you react to the bombing?
3: Well, really surprised that something like that could happen to, to the people here in the United States.
1: What was fun about being a wasp?
3: What was fun? To fly. That was the main thing. We all loved to fly. Of course, we helped the country. You know, they say it's patriotic and we did a big job, but we d- was there to fly.
2: What was stressful?
3: You know, I can't think of it. It was just the a, a most pleasant year of my life.
2: What would Betty in 2018 tell Betty in 1942? Or what is some advice that you would give yourself when you were younger?
3: use sunscreen (laughs) Uh, and um, just take advantage of of any chance you get to fly or to you know be in that group
1: what was the hardest thing to learn about being a wasp
3: the hardest thing to learn to obey the rules (laughs) didn't get into any trouble but uh well, you, you really didn't break the rules around Jackie Cochran. Yeah, she ruled with a, a firm hand.
2: Did you have a favorite airplane?
3: Well, the B-17, I loved that one, and uh, the eighty six. 6
2: Why were those your favorite?
3: Uh, oh, the B-17, all those engines, and, and that's why I can't hear, because of the roar of the engines. It was quite a thrill. Did
2: you have a least favorite, one that you didn't really like flying?
3: Mm, yeah, the B-13 wasn't a, a real inviting airplane.
2: How
1: come?
3: It vibrated, and um, it really wasn't the safest airplane on the line.
1: Would you rather fly a plane from World War II or a plane from 2018?
3: World War II. I went up in... Um, the, um, simulator, and it's so different. It, you know, everything's on computers now, you just punch a button. You don't fly. You just sit there and punch buttons. So, um, no, I, well, and you know what I'll tell you about flying the, the planes of way back when? A private flying club heard me speak at the Green River College, and, um, they offered me a ride in their airplane. The, the several of them were there the, of the flying club, and they offered me a ride in, this air, in, in their airplanes. So for my 95th birthday, they had a big party for me, and all they all came in in their airplanes to this private strip, of flying strip, and I could pick any airplane I wanted to fly. So I. Went up in two of them. But what a thrill, because I hadn't been in an airplane in 20 years to fly. So they let me take off and land, and it was just a real delightful time.
2: How is it different for women pilots in World War II than it is today?
3: Well, I think they respect the women today. We had to fight for recognition back then and um, there was a lot of controversy on whether we were taking jobs that we didn't deserve, maybe.
1: What sort of missions did you fly?
3: I flew at um, Las Vegas, Nevada, at a a gunnery school. So we flew in the B-17s. The gunners were in all of their positions, you know, and the fighter pilots would dive down on the bombers, and give the gunners a chance to practice shooting with cameras, not with a li- But we did tow targets also, and they used live bullets to um, shoot at the, the targets. And um, I was never hit, but some of them hit the airplane instead of the target.
2: What was it like having a target that people were shooting at behind you?
3: Um, not too much. You were concentrating on flying. And, you, you know, you didn't think about getting hit or anything.
1: What about the planes
2: that did get shot?
3: What happened like, to them? They... they just had bullet holes in them. Oh, okay. They didn't go down.
2: Okay. <laughs> Do you have any funny stories that you have to share with us?
3: Hmm, funny. You know, my on my first flight, Solo flight. It wasn't funny, but I went out. My first solo came in in the Sturman, and you know that's a ground looping fool. You know what a Sturman is? the The two biplane uh, came in, and I ground looped. And it started to go. It naturally pulls to the left, so I did the right thing but I didn't hold it long enough. So when I thought, oh my gosh, I did something wrong, so I did it the other way. And it just whipped it around, and I got both wings and the prop. That's the only airplane I ever wrecked. And the instructor came out, picked me up, because I couldn't fly it down, and went to the the, um, flight line, and he said, Okay, now see what you can do with this one. He didn't check me out or anything. He just sent me up again in, in that steerman and I never ground-looped again. Were you
1: injured when no, that happened?
3: No, just mentally I was injured.
1: <laughs> Were you ever scared to fly another plane after that? No. What advice would you give to young women like us who want to become a pilot?
3: just go for it. Fly as much as you can, as much as you can afford. (laughs) Boy, um, it was sort of tight uh, when I was flying because I got a job and practically all my money went to flying. I didn't eat much. But anyway, just take advantage of any opportunity you have to fly and different airplanes too, you know. My family didn't even know that I was flying until she read, until they read it in the paper that I had soloed. I was living in Fort Wayne at the Y, because I didn't have a car, and you know I was working in Fort Wayne. So I, I did this. Read about it in the news in the newspaper that they were taking women pilots. So I thought, well, that would be a good way to get some hours in. So the next day I went out to the airport, and we had to know have, um, how many hours did we have to have? 30. <laughs> 15, I think. 30? 30, 30, that rings a bell. But anyway, I went out the next day and started my training, um, schooling for flying. And then my parents read about it, in the uh, paper that I had soloed, but they su- we were a very silent family. We didn't discuss things, and uh, but they were th- were there for me all the
0: time. Did you participate in the festivities when the wasp were awarded the presidential?
3: No, I didn't go back, but I got my medal. They delivered it. Mm-hmm.
0: How did you feel when you got the medal delivered to you? Okay. <laughs> Did you feel you needed it, or did you feel recognized? No, I
3: didn't feel I needed it. Um, Just the, the chance to fly those airplanes was enough.
2: Thank you for taking your time to do this interview with us. We had a ton of fun, and I hope you did too. We also thank you for your service.
3: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for joining me today on The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. If you want to learn more about the WASP program, check out our earlier episode where I chatted with Living History volunteer Diane Belanger, who gives a great big picture overview of the program. You can also see artifacts related to the WASP at the Museum of Flight in our Personal Courage Wings World War II exhibit. More information about the exhibit is in this episode's show notes. In the show notes, you will also find more information about Amelia's Aero Club. If there is a middle school girl in your life who has a passion for flight or building things, or taking things apart, or is just generally curious about the world around her, she will find kindred spirits in Amelia's Aero Club. Thank you so much to Deb Jennings, a WASP expert in Seattle, for connecting me with Betty. And thank you to Catherine and Nettie's families for being so supportive and driving their kids all over the state for this interview. And of course, thank you to Catherine and Nettie themselves. Thank you for your hard and quick work on this. They had behind the scenes, honestly, just a few days to put this whole thing together. Once we found out about Betty, we wanted to move quickly. So thank you both for, for all of your hard work on this. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to The Flight Deck to stay up to date on our episodes. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded us from. Email the show at podcast at and you can also find more content at our website, museumofflight.org slash podcast. And this is your host, Sean Mobley, saying we'll see you out there, folks.